Hello and welcome to episode 96 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. You see people are watching or you see them there and you say hi to them. They might not have even said hi, but their names popped up and you're like, hey, Nikki's watching. So it's like bringing them in and then they're more likely to go hi. And if they've been brave enough to type the word hi, then they might be brave enough to type something else. It's like the seal has been broken and they'll start to get involved and then they'll all start to to chat around to each other. Hello, my name's Ian Anderson-Gray, and in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, I'm joined by the fabulous Steve Folland. We're going to be talking about how to go live and put it all together. On the show, we've talked about so many different aspects, the tech, the confidence, the content, but how do you put it all together and make it a really fun and engaging, exciting episode? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. But first... Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. How to go live and put it all together. Mm-hmm. How to go live and put it all together. We've got Steve Farland on the show. How to go live and put it all together. How to go live and put it all together. This is a Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray, helping entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. Gain confidence in front of the camera, confidence with technology, and confidence with the content and marketing. Together, we can go live! And hello, welcome to episode 96 of the Confident Live Marketing Show. In today's show, we're going to be talking about how to go live and put it all together. The show notes for this episode, you can find at iag.me forward slash 96. Now, If you're part of the regular audience of the Confident Live Marketing Show, you know that I've covered mindsets and confidence, tech and gear, and content marketing. The thing is, when it comes to live video, there's a huge amount to think about. And when you go live, how do you get that balance between actually planning and sticking to that plan and improvising? And how about treading that line between talking to just one person whilst making people feel that they're part of something? I mean, that's the great thing about live video. So how do you get that balance? Well, today I'm talking with the fabulous Steve Folland, and he's coming on to the show to talk just about that, as well as using the right tools at the right time, whether that's going to go live from your phone or doing some more slick professional live shows from your computer. That's what we're going to be talking about today. As always, if you want to get involved with future shows, all you need to do is go to confident.live forward slash subscribe. And today's episode is sponsored by Content 10X. So it's time to talk about Content 10X, who are awesome sponsors of the show. They are a specialist content repurposing agency. They will take that one live stream or blog post, podcast, or video and explode it into a plethora of new platform-specific on-brand content. If they don't do all of this for you via their service, they can also teach you how to do it via their podcast, blog, book, and toolkits. They're really smart, responsive, creative, and effective. And if you want to take the stress out of content marketing, 
Content 10X are the people you want to go to. And of course, they do have their new service, LinkedIn 10X. If you wanted to level things up on LinkedIn, all you need to do is produce one piece of video content every single week, whether that's pre-recorded or if the LinkedIn gods have given you access to LinkedIn Live, you could do that as well. And they will take that and make lots of amazing content on LinkedIn to raise your game. So if you want to find out more, all you need to do is go to content10x.com to find out more. That's content10x.com. Now, thank you, Amy and the team for sponsoring this show. Well, it's time to bring in Steve Folland, who is behind the long-running Being Freelance podcast and co-hosts the award-winning Doing It For The Kids podcast for self-employed parents. In his freelance community, he hosts live Q&As, award shows, a book club, and pub quiz so let's bring steve onto the show how are you doing steve hey oh oh what a welcome hey and thanks for having me it's great to have you on the show thank you so much for for coming on it's as i was saying we were chatting to to each other beforehand it's been a, been a while since we've actually spoken to each other face to face albeit virtually but it's great to have you on i can also see we've got martin buckland is watching from toronto I can see that other people are, are watching as well, but they're being very shy. So do get involved with the show. Let us know where in the world you're watching from. Are you a freelancer? Are you an entrepreneur? What is it that you do? Let us know in the comments. So you're dialing in from, let us know where you're dialing in from, Steve. So I'm in Bishop Stortford, which is just mm. north of London, sort of near Cambridge, Stansted Airport kind of way. Yeah. Toronto. Somebody's watching in Toronto. That must be like the middle of the night or something in Toronto. I know, I know. and we're, we're actually an hour earlier than usual. I just realised that because normally this show goes out at 11am, but because I've got lots of other stuff today, I've got uh, another live show that I'm doing today as well. So thank you for turning up early, Steve. But, but Martin is up, I think it must be like 5.10am <laughs> or something mad. Let us know, Martin, how... Early, you're getting up, but yeah, I think I think I think um, I think Martin is an early riser. So there we go. Anyway, so so yeah, you you live obviously in a very beautiful part of the world, Cambridgeshire. Is it Cambridgeshire or is it technically some other? We're county? in Hertfordshire. Oh, Hertfordshire. Yeah, we're in Hertfordshire. Mm. Yep, just near Essex and Cambridgeshire and London. Yeah, awesome. nice, awesome, nice part of the world. So tell us. I mean, I, I did introduce you. It gave out your kind of mini bio, but. Uh, let us know how you know a bit more about yourself, and and more importantly, really, how on earth did you get into this kind of mad career that you find yourself in at the moment? <laughs> so I started in radio. Like I always wanted to be a radio presenter. Like even when I was like a little kid, that was always my thing. And uh, I did media production at university, and did go on to work in radio. I worked in live radio, and also made like documentaries and things as well. But yeah, live radio, I must have spent about. 12 15 years something like that a lot of it in breakfast radio as well so like it's that i think kind of sets you up for doing live video in hindsight because you're yeah. constantly thinking on your feet you've got a bit of a plan but you're also making it up as you go along you're also speaking to one person in radio like it's a key thing you're always speaking to you like even more so now in podcasts where you're definitely in someone's ear you speak to you, but also at the same time when you're in radio, you create like a, a sense of community, like within the audience, like you're all taking part, you're all in on a joke, you're all like collaborating and joining together to do something and, and to have a sort of greater sense of just like isolated listeners. So mm. 
so that's what I did. And then I would always freelance on the side. And like seven years ago, when our daughter was born, I decided to quit the full-time job and go full-time freelance so that I could work from home, be there for my kids. And then off the back of that, ended up starting a podcast so that I could learn how to be a better freelancer. And off of that came the community and everything I'm doing now. That's awesome. So what kind of freelance stuff is it that you do? Is it, is it all kind of related to to the kind of the radio side and, and podcasting and audio or is it a mixture of different things? I suppose it is really. It's video and audio is my main. So I do video and audio for businesses. And I, you know, like I said, I did media production. So I did know how to edit video, write scripts, but like taking like the storytelling elements from video and audio, bringing all of that together. We make animations and edit uh, sorry, write tutorial scripts, do a lot of that kind of things. So um, it is similar, but it it's never live what we do, like business side. That's yeah, yeah. that's what I I keep for the, for the being freelance community. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So you you did you did breakfast uh, radio, so you must be used to the the early morning starts. I can see that it is Martin Buckland is watching at five a.m., which is Oof. impressive. So. He could have his own breakfast show if he's that keen on getting up early. <laughs> yes. Well, there you go, Martin. How about that? A breakfast with Martin on LinkedIn Live because uh, Martin has has got LinkedIn Live finally. The LinkedIn gods have smiled sweetly upon him finally. It's so, a good idea, Martin. It is. It is. Definitely. Have that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I think we met. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Did we meet at New Media Europe? Is that the where we we met? We did, yeah. Yeah. And I think I must have seen you doing, I don't even know, was Instagram a thing then? Like Instagram, you know, stories or whatever. I think maybe it was. I remember like I'd been following you on on there. Like I was aware of you because I remember you came out of a lift with your distinctive glasses and I was like, oh, it's him. You had no (laughs) idea who I was. (laughs) No idea. Freaked freaked you right out. But yeah, we got, we, uh, I came to see you speak. I was doing our podcast live at that event. Yeah. That was quite a while ago now. Yeah, well, I think that was like 2015 or something mad like that. But so when it comes to live, so you've done, obviously, you do a lot of live stuff when it came to radio. Can you remember when you first broadcasted live in in, so that could be like in the traditional or what we we come to know as like Facebook Live or, or something like that? Or was it something else that you did actually going live with video? When, when yeah, actually, well, we always used to experiment when we did the radio. And in the very early days of Facebook, there was this technology, I think it was called Ustream or something like oh, that. Oh, yes, Ustream. And so we realised that we could, and God, I mean, like thinking about it, it seems insane. Like it must have been a very early iPhone and 3G and we used to send like the work experience lads out like on the streets of like the area and broadcast live to Ustream. And in Ustream, we would embed within our Facebook feed and so that people could log in and watch these people doing silly things. Uh, so I would love to watch that back now. The quality of it must have been awful. But <laughs> it was it was exciting because you were like, that is actually happening. And normally with radio, you could just hear silly things happening. But here was this... Like, you know, we would put that work, poor work experience lad. <laughs> He's probably the CEO of a company now. I should watch my back. We would put him in really awkward situations and we would do that live to Facebook oh, way cool. before Facebook Live existed. Yeah. Yeah. Ustream, Ustream's come up quite a few times on the show. We've, we've I've had some guests on who have been going live for for 
over a decade and Ustream was the big thing in in the noughties and yeah it's, I don't think it exists anymore I think it's been bought by IBM or something like that so that that's great and I so yeah it's go, going on the whole times thing so this this is one of the most awesome things about live video I think and and podcasting and general content is is the way that you can build a community not just in your country or in your location with local radio it can be around the world so as i said before we've got martin buckland watching in canada it's 5 a.m for him and we've got annette mcdonald watching from australia and it's 8 p.m so dinner time <laughs> dinner with me so that's that's one of the awesome things about it yeah so, so uh, when you first went live and how you how would you contrast that with now in terms of how you actually feel do you know do you still did you get nervous back then when you did it and do you still get nervous going live now i don't think i do get nervous i think well i tend to get nervous when i don't quite know what i'm doing and <laughs> uh, in fact yeah that's basically it like once i've done something once i know how it's going to work and generally if i don't know what i'm doing then i will really try and prepare in my head so that I know what I'm doing, get the tech set up. And like, like, so like, even if I'm hosting live on the stage, like in front of, uh, you know, hundreds of people or thousands of people or whatever, when I used to host events, like I would just know like what my opening thing would be like to start confidently, to go out there on that stage, be able to like look around. And it's the same with, I still think when doing live video to sort of start with that confidence and then you kind of, that settles you down. And then the nerves have gone because you start enjoying it. So mm. I, no, maybe I'm lucky in fact I don't I don't get nervous. Although that said, after like there was a period in lockdown where I wasn't able to do my weekly award show. And that first episode back after a five month break, I was kind of I did kind of feel like, oh man, I, I like I had that buzz again, that energy. Usually you can turn nervous energy into a positive thing, I think. I, yeah, I think you're right. It's turning the, that those nervous that nervous energy into excitement. And I think mm. you're right. Having that time away, like five months, that's a quite a long time to, without going live. I, I find that like, I, I, I like to have three weeks off in the summer to the, where I don't go live. I want to I, you know, go, go on holiday with family, although 2020 anyway, but it, I, I think that's important. But I always find when I, when I get back to it, there's everything's not quite as fresh. Like the tech I, I do remember most things, but there's that niggling feeling and there might be a few mm. little things I forget. I mean, that, that's why a checklist is so, so important. But I do get a little bit, I do find myself getting a little bit nervous, even even today, even though I've done it. But but I think your advice is once you've done it a couple of times, it that the nerves do kind of subside a little bit, I think. And you do, you do realize that actually you're not going to get eaten by that tiger you're not going to die, <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, it's it's good. Like it does uh, that sort of like nervousness can be positive as well. In that, a bit like you just said with a checklist, it can stop you getting too complacent. Like often, if you do the same thing again and again and again, you become complacent about it, and then that's when you make a mistake. It's like so many podcasters yeah. that I know who get in the routine of doing it and they get nonchalant about it, and then that's when they forget to press record. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, it's not a bad thing. If you're feeling that, use use it to your advantage, if anything. That's interesting. I, I, I don't know whether I quite believe what I'm about to say here, but I almost <laughs> like like when things go wrong a little bit because it just oh, reminds yeah. me of 
that I do need to I do need to be on the ball. I I I, I don't want to be complacent. And so I obviously if, I don't want disastrous things to happen. But if the odd thing kind of pops up, I think oh I need to remember that last, next time. I need to make sure I do that. I I think that's just a good reminder. Uh, but obviously we don't want to yeah. have that on a regular basis. So today you go live regularly. You do different types of shows. This is something we were talking about just before I pressed record. You know what. What, first of all, why do you go live? I think that's an important question that we should all ask. Why do you go live? And what are the different kinds of live shows or live broadcasts that you do? So why do I go? I, I go live because, well, it it's a way of interacting with the community. So like the podcast is like this polished thing that I put out and I pre-record and it's like this conversation between two people being freelance podcast. But when I go live, it's like me hanging out with the community of freelancers that are there with me. And so that's, that's a real difference for a start. I think also like you can, you can interact with them. You can see their comments. So there's a, if you're live, there's a way, for example, I do live Q and A's. There's a way to put the questions to the guest and like you, when you're live as well, there's an energy there's, that you bounce off each other that you don't get when you pre-record a podcast. I also do like a live award show every week, Friday, 11 o'clock in the community. I go live on Facebook. And that is like, if it was like pre-recording, just me opening an envelope, having recorded it and then putting it out, I think it would be pretty boring and the novelty would have worn off. But because I go live and it's, it's like only 10 minutes long, like a, a bit of an intro, a bit of banter, a bit of chat between us all. I sort of flag up things that are happening within the community, um, say hello to people, you know, if somebody's had a baby or whatever, mention that. And then I open the envelope and I do a lap of honour around the car park that I broadcast live from, which sounds <laughs> stupid, but that's because it is. Uh, like, it's it's unpredictable like people tune in because it can go wrong they tune in because they see their fellow bffs that's what we call them like being freelance friends they see their fellow community members like leaving the comments like they're all part of it together they're all laughing together like chatting amongst each other and when you're a freelancer in particular because they're my audience like you tend to work alone you are by yourself and so having that moment where you're all coming together is much better than if i just like recorded that video and then put it out it's like you're all in on the joke it's allowed to be a bit messy in terms of that particular live video i'm not saying all live videos should be messy but yeah uh, i think when i started doing it in the car park because it did start off indoors <laughs> and then the people who owned the building like locked the doors and so i i went out into the car park and it's just this live environment where things can go wrong like it will rain or it'll get windy and my props will like get blown away and I have to chase them. Or an old lady will walk behind me and like and like start talking to me and pause. Like a, a lorry will come in and a delivery. There was this one time a delivery driver came and it was raining. And this young lad came out of the building next to us, like just in a shirt and tie, nothing else, no coat. <laughs> You know what young people are like, Ian. Uh, comes over to help the delivery driver. I'm standing there with a brolly, an umbrella, doing my live thing. And I'm like, hang on. And so I get my camera and I walk over and I, I act like he's caddy on a golf course and like hold the umbrella over this, this poor lad getting wet with his coat. And I'm like, it's fine. You've got a proper job. I don't. You take the time you need. And, you know, it's those kind of things which 
people tune in for because they're just well they're silly <laughs> they're silly but they're yeah. um you can't predict them and then people feel it gives them a reason to tune in and it gives yeah. people something to chat about as well i love that i love that because i think there's there's this temptation isn't there with you know particularly with this type of live show that i i do to to try and per- pursue this perfection perfectionism thing which doesn't exist and quite frankly it's boring you know if we if we try it's, it's the times when things go slightly wrong or, or there's some quirkiness um that makes 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 it fun and enjoyable as well i mean obviously you want it to be valuable as well but uh that sounds like that's what you you're doing in that show and i actually think that we should all probably do one of those types of live videos on a regular basis to get out of our comfort zone, maybe just go out and about, go, I mean, presumably you use your phone for that. So you, you're going out, mm. you've got your phone, anything could happen. I mean, it could start raining. You could, I don't know, fall over or something like that. And I think that's, that's probably, I wonder whether people would find that more stressful to begin with. <laughs> I don't know. Let, let me know if you're watching live. What would you prefer? Would you prefer to do, you know, a, air, air quotes, professional show like this one, or go out and just be a bit more, just improvise a little bit and, and just see what happens? What would be, what would get you more nervous? <laughs> Let us know. Yeah. You see, there, there's a slight sheen uh, or like, it. whilst it looks like unprepared and shambolic and stuff like that, though, I do have a plan in my head, like of uh, like while I'm walking there in the morning, I'll be thinking about like what I'm gonna say at the opening to like promote the being freelance community and what we've got coming up, and then I'll be thinking about what nice things I'm gonna say about the person who has won the award. So for mm. like after I've opened the envelope, I don't have any notes. I'm just kind of riffing, but it's all in there, and I've thought about it, and I know what I'm gonna say at the end to get out. I mean, right. actually, that was something that we used to do in radio. You'd always have like an in. And you'd have an out and maybe in a sense of what was going to happen in the middle, but don't plan it so much that you're kind of like scripted. And then if you're too scripted in that environment, it means that when the things go wrong, you get thrown. Yes. Whereas like you can kind of like act up to it and give it the um, energy. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling now, but basically I'm saying like it doesn't need to be utterly improvised and shambolic. I like to think, despite it it being quite clearly just a phone propped up in a car park, that it's still kind of like professional. I think if it was like totally atrocious, then people probably wouldn't tune in. I still kind of like present it and host it. Yeah, and I, I, I was I was hoping I was being clear in the air quotes. You know, so called professional and so called not professional. Mm. But but I, I think that is so right. You, you need you need to have a plan, and perhaps. Well, I think the plan is even more important in that type of live show because because anything could happen. So, but you need to have like the beginning, the middle, and the end planned. So, when it comes to creating, uh, we've talked a lot about having a run of show recently, and I think that's really, really important. And I have one of these, and I have I always have the beginning, I always have the first thing that I'm going to say because my brain sometimes goes to mush when I press that go live button. I'm sure that never happens to you. And also I sometimes will forget the last thing that I'm supposed to say. So I'll have that written down. And I have some kind of questions written down. I've got it on a teleprompter in front of me, but I don't stick to it. They're just bullet points. And that really, really helps me. With the different types of live shows that you do, do you have, I mean, do you have a run of show in your head? Do you have it written down? 
And how does it vary depending on the different types of live shows that you're creating? I mean, mostly it's in my head. Like I say, you've got an in and an out. So there's the different ones that we do. So the Q&A, is, like I say, it's a bit more like a live radio show. So you've got a guest on and then you you invite questions. And we do that, you know, like you are here with Ecamm Live. We do that so that, uh, and then stream it live into the Facebook group. I will have kind of like notes about the guest written down so that if I need to fill at any point, you know, and if something goes wrong with the guest, like they have to run off and answer a doorbell or their their <laughs> audio goes wrong and their camera collapses, like I can fill that space by like plugging their thing. So we did one recently with Pete Matthew from Meaningful Money. And so I could promote like the URL the podcast, the academy, the videos, the book, like I had all this written down so that every, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or if I needed it, I could just fill in that information and give the guests a chance to have a breather and have a drink. Also with a live q and I will always have some questions prepared in advance. Again, that's something that all radio, like even I've worked on big national like BBC radio shows, they they will all have, you have to have like a backup thing in case your audience doesn't get involved. And some of those will be questions that I've made up thinking, oh, well, what what if I need these because nobody shows up? And But some of them will be questions that I have requested from audience members who can't make it live. So I've got a bank of those. And invariably, of course, I never need the ones that I've made up, but it makes me feel better that if no one were to show up, <laughs> I would still have something yeah. to, to show for my time and still get value out of the guest. So I'll have that prepared. And then, yeah, for, other than that, I, I want to make it feel in a Q&A that it's quite a natural kind of conversation, a bit fun. I want to be able to bounce off. Predominantly, I tend to just shut up though and let the guest give a great answer. Uh, and let them speak. Well, that's really important. I mean, we, this is something that I do want to talk about on the show a lot more, and that is you know, how. what's the best way of interviewing a guest? Because actually, a lot of that is to do with listening. I see a lot of, a lot of interviewers that don't really listen to the answer. Um, and that might be partly because when, you're, when you've got a guest show, a lot of people, like, for example, I'm... I'm not just interviewing you. I'm actually producing the show and I'm looking at the comments. There's quite a few different things and that that takes a lot of effort, but it's, it's your job as the host to actually show, you know, put the, the limelight on, on the guest and to listen to them and to uh, let them speak. Uh, so that, and that takes time and practice, I think. Is, have you got any thoughts on that when it comes to interviewing guests? What's any any tips that you would for people who haven't really had much experience in interviewing a guest before? Yeah, well, I think you're right. There's two different things. So obviously, I interview a lot of people for the Being Freelance podcast, and with that, I really listen to what they say, and I might even like jot down notes to come back to certain things or to reflect their language back to them. So if they say a particular thing in a certain way, I might say that same phrase back, even if it's much later on in the interview. So. Yeah, listening is is key and like not talking over them, not interrupting them, just sort of letting them speak. But then when you're doing the Q&A, it, it is different because as you say, you are having to read the comments. You're having to think about what your next question is and whether you're going to drag it onto the screen if you're like using Ecamm Live like, like I do. So I think that's 
it is just a skill that maybe you just develop over time that you're kind of like actually maybe it helps when you have kids and you're like part listening to them part listening to a podcast part cooking dinner maybe you just start to have this thing going on but ideally you will keep a little track of the comments coming in but listen and focus so that you can bounce back to your guest or you will become aware that for example a question comes up which links into what they've said or a comment comes up which links into what they said so that you can kind of like curate that thing yeah i think i think it's okay sometimes not all the time to say that that sounded great i got distracted there because i was reading this and i want to bring this in like i wouldn't try and pretend necessarily that I had heard every word they had said if I had been utterly distracted by something because it's you're probably more likely to get caught out you might as well just move on to (laughs) another question than bounce back to something you haven't properly heard it's it's about being real isn't it I think I think that's Mm. happened to I think I've got a bit better over over the years but it's I I think one thing I really do struggle with it and and I, I loved with what you said the way you write something down I I don't think I'm very good at multitasking, so I'm not sure I could necessarily do that. But I loved what you said about, you know, if if your guest said something particularly or used a particular language and you want to bring that back later or, that you, or you want to bring back, uh, ans- ask them a question later on in the show to write it down. I think I struggle with that. and, and But maybe that is, again, something that comes with practice. But I, 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 I want to get better at that, at being able to use the language that the guest says, because I quite often will forget it. Even as soon as you say something, like I know what you said, but I can't remember exactly how you said it. <laughs> and yeah. I, yeah, it's hard. I will always have on that kind of environment, like a pen and paper, so I can just jot something down and come back to it. Just proper old school pen and paper, you know, and if they say, oh, you know, I was always bored in my uh, cubicle job and I write down bored with job. And then later on in the interview, I said, so you were bored in your job, but now you're freelance. Do you like, yeah, yeah. so I've, Bought back the language. If I said that I was running around a car park like a madman to you, like you could say later on, you bring back in that phrase a madman. So it's um, yeah, pen and paper, trusty. Yeah, I think that's and imp- quite subtle as well. Yes, exactly, because you're not typing away. I think actually yeah. old school is sometimes better. And yeah, I, I, I like that idea, and I'm going to try and try and do that. So that's helpful. And yeah, I was going to say, what was I going to say? There was yeah, when it comes to tech. This is this is something we kind of, in a sense, have to get out of the way because I, I do want to ask you this, and I know that a lot of my audience will be interested about the tech. But just to say that actually, all the other stuff that we're talking about here is, is I'm sure you'd agree, is is more important: the planning and, and working on interview technique and all this kind of stuff. Um, but you did say that the thing that does make you nervous is the tech not going well or forgetting to do something. So. Tell us about the tech that you you use to go live, whether it's on your smartphone or whether it's on your computer for the different types of things. And you've mentioned Ecamm Live, so that's one thing maybe. But uh, tell us a little mm-hmm. bit more about your setup. So I, yeah, when I do it live outside, I'd simply use my iPhone and the Facebook app itself or to go live on Twitter through the Twitter app, whatever. So yeah, Facebook Live, which can get frustrating because sometimes, well, it seems like the app updates every single week and like things will change. Yeah. But even then, I'll like mock the fact that that's happened or accidentally click a filter and suddenly I've got a goldfish bowl on my head or whatever they've developed. When I'm doing like the live Q&As, that's through Ecamm Live. I don't tend to go 
overly complicated with like overlays and stuff like that because uh, it's it's still essentially just a conversation you know a bit like you've done here like it's it's fairly uh, subtle really and you've you've got the branding on it and everything but it's you know if obviously people listening to the podcast go go look at uh for youtube videos of how these videos look so it's it's not overly complicated or distracting the only times when i've used like the functionality in ecamm to like play in videos and stuff like that have been when there's a purpose for it so once one of our i give away mugs as part of the non-employed a week award prize and once one of the community members had dropped their hallowed prize and it had broken and i wanted to create this live uh almost like a memorial show and then have it go to black at the end and a picture of the mug and have you know like the white text so that's a, a bit like when a famous film star dies so i created that in advance and then and then uh played it in through ecamm so i just rehearsed that a few times by myself so that i knew that i'd get that technology right when i do the pub quiz that is just through zoom because it's a much more kind of like you want to see everybody's faces and get involved that way Uh, and i play videos in just using screen share using quicktime live i'm aware that i could use ecamm within that to create a more showbiz environment and the book club that doesn't have any overlays or anything. It really is meant to bring in the, like we're all just hanging out around somebody's house kind of feeling. So it, that again is just on Zoom and it's all of us chatting to, to, together in that way. Tech wise, I when I podcast, I have like, uh, today I'm using like a Rode podcaster mic. Uh, I also have a Rode uh, is it called an NTB or NSB or something like that, Mike? But uh, just these are just USB mics. I think keep it as simple as possible. Just plug them into your laptop and off you go. The the, the minimum stuff means minimum goes wrong. So I keep one of those in my co-work space if I can use that there. Although recently I bought a Shure M5 mic as well, which is much smaller and you can keep it out of shot. And that actually has pretty good quality for like if you're doing Zoom calls and things like that. Then I also have a Logitech webcam and it costs quite a lot of money. But the reason I love it is because it adjusts for the light in the room inside it. So you need minimal lights, additional lights. Like you could spend a fortune on lights. And when I'm moving around or have small environments, like that's not a great way to go. So the Logitech camera actually adjusts brilliantly to the conditions that you're in like the room i'm in today is really pretty dark but it doesn't look like that and that i mean that's about it really it's iphone <laughs> and, a, and a macbook pro yeah yeah well keep, keeping it simple and I, I love the fact that you're using different tech for different situations so you said you use zoom for some things use ecamm for another and use your phone for another and they're, they're all reasonably, I mean, Ecamm takes a bit of getting used to, but it's still still relatively easy. Zoom, I think everyone is used to Zoom in 2020. And uh, and then everyone everyone's okay on, on the phone, uh, presumably. And so you're keeping it simple and you're really focusing on the the content and the community. And so that's what I want to, to bring on lastly, really, or penultimately, actually, because there is a final, final question I want to ask you. And that is... The community you've said is really, really important to you. And how do you uh, tread that line between talking to that one person? Because we all know 
particularly on in podcasting, speaking to the individual that's listening to you, the person that's plugged you into their ears is is really important. It's quite an intimate experience. And live video is intimate as well. How do you get that balance between that talking to one person whilst making people feel they're they're part of like a bigger community? How, how do you get that balance? A lot of it is to do with the language. So when I'm doing a podcast, I will be saying you. And I still mm. do that a lot. So I will speak to you who is watching the live video. But if rather than say like the listeners or like the audience, I would say we like, so I am part of that. And that's how it feels more like a community. What well, is a community? Because like we will have Ian Anderson Gray on the show next week. Like, you know, like, so it's, it's like, we'll be chatting to Pete Matthew or whoever, like, yeah, that sense of we, and then paying attention to the comments like if you don't refer to you can't read out every comment but if you don't mention any of the comments people will stop commenting like so you mention the comments you bring those in like and then it's a bit like doing a live radio show and you hear an email being read out it's still to you as the person watching but you're aware that actually you're not the only one there's other people involved in this kind of like sense of community and over time you start to create like little in jokes you can refer back to things Uh, and if you pay attention to your community you know if you see somebody's name come up and you've been watching them on instagram or you'll see some of the threads they put in a facebook group then you can refer back to things that happened so it's like underlining the fact that you all know each other's but Mm. at the crux of it is just that simple language of you and we and us it's it's the benefit of it. It forms that bond and trust and relationship in a, in a way that even TV can't. You know, probably the masters of it in our country are like Ant and Deck, the way they manage to like make people feel part of something and looking at them straight, straight down. But it, it's still too show busy. It's still too broadcasting to millions. It can never have what we can have by having this this sort of intimate yeah. live experience. It's that the word intimate that you use there is so important. So yeah, I, so we, we need to we need to we need to swat up on our pronouns, don't we? It's it's the <laughs> we's and the hours and all that kind of stuff. I think that, that's I love I love that language. And do you think then so in terms of actually trying to to get your community to come in, because I know that I mean I, I would love my 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 audience to to get more involved with the comments. And I, I know that some of my audience, my clients, they, they struggle with this, getting people to comment because a lot of people will watch but not get involved. How do you, because obviously with, with all the broadcasts that you do, the community aspect of it is really, really important. And you're wanting to get the involvement of your audience a lot more. So how, any any tips on how we can do that? Well, I think one thing is a bit like you've done within this mm. video slash podcast is that you've asked questions. So like, if you if you don't if if you ever listen to a talk radio show, they throw out questions to the audience in order to get the comments. Sometimes they will even frame answers like, "Do you feel like this? Maybe this happened to you." Like that you, if you pay attention to the way like talk radio works or like um jeremy vine on radio too so yeah he plays songs but a lot basically is just trying to fire up the audience to get in touch with comments so 
that's one way to sort of frame frame it back to them. Also, like I said, t- to read some out. So even if, and again, you did this earlier, like you see people are watching or you see them there, then you say hi to them. They might not have even said hi, but their names popped up and you're like, hey, Nikki's watching. So it's like bringing them in and then they're more likely to go hi. And if they've been brave enough to type the word hi, then they might be brave enough to type something else. It's like the seal has been broken and yeah. they'll start to get involved and then they'll all start to to chat around to each other. So um, I think it's encouragement and maybe it's friendliness. Like, yeah, but I think most of all it's encouragement because if you don't ask for people to get involved, then they'll just think, oh, well, that, you know, this person's all right. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. I do think though that you shouldn't take it to heart if people don't. They might be doing something else. They, you know, they might be watching your show, but they're actually cooking dinner or like looking after their kid or whatever. So literally commenting live can be hard for them. It doesn't mean that they're not enjoying it. Or they might just be shy. Uh, You know, they might uh, lurk for ages and then get involved after quite a while. So, yeah, but ultimately say hi and encourage them. Really love that. Yeah, I think you're right about it. People being shy. It's... For those people who comment a lot on live videos, I think you might kind of un- wonder why that would be the case. But it's, I think it's quite common. It is quite common for, for that mm. to be the case. And, so, and, and that's absolutely okay. I mean, you should never f- pressurize people to comment and, and definitely don't take that to heart because actually it can take time. I've noticed that with my podcast that it's taken best part of a year, year and a half for actually my listeners and, and to actually get in touch with me and... and say things about my podcast. I mean, I wish they did that at the start when I was thinking, <laughs> oh, nobody loves me. I can see Martin's, um, Martin Butlin's uh, said something really helpful here. So he asks probing questions. I think I like the word probing mm. to provoke audience participation. And so I think that takes practice. Martin, I'd love to know if you have any tips for that in terms of how you ask those questions. Yeah. And uh, Katie Simpson's here watching on YouTube saying, I'm taking your point and saying hi. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Hi, Katie. Great to see you. And I mean, Katie, you're you're, you're always very chatty in the comments, so I, I don't want to f- you to feel I'm pressurizing you, but it's great to see you, Katie. Thank you. Well, one final question before we finish. So you've you've planned it, you've pre-promoted it, and you've gone live, and then it's time, as I always like to joke, to go to bed and relax. Of course, we know that's not the end of it, is it? You know, you there's there's so much more that you will want to do after you've pressed that end broadcast button. So let us know what's your take on promoting the live after it's happened, because of course you've got your replay audience. And then mm-hmm. do you do any kind of form of repurposing with your live videos? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very much aware that I can do more. But mm. so, first of all, yeah, I, I will always go back in and look at all the comments, re- reply to comments, like comments. So, that, again, that encourages people to do it more again in the future. It also gives you a sense of what people are feeling and talking about. I think... Uh, what else did you say? Oh, do I... Re- oh, yeah, repurposing it. So, like, when I do the live... Uh, non-employee of the week's awards that one in the car park on my phone i always save it to my phone and then i use video leap just within my phone to, which is a, uh, an editing app to edit the video there and then within my phone just still within the vertical format and then i can uh, share that on twitter i share it on instagram sometimes igtv depending on how long it is and i save the videos as well so that every 
every, I don't know, a couple of times a year, I'll create like an edited highlights thing. So it kind of like promotes it when it comes back, perhaps, perhaps after the summer holidays. So I do that. I also use these days Rev to transcribe what I've said and like, or rather create the caption file, the SRT file. And then I use Headliner app which is a web app to upload the video and put the subtitles in. Like I know technically headliner app will transcribe it, but it's such a faff to like yes, fiddle around and right. make sub like automated subtitles. I may, my, my, yeah, I've got better things to do. So I take that one minute SRT file, which only costs a quid from Rev, and then I upload it to headliner app. And then just, you know, within you know, a minute or two, I've got, a live captioned video or an edited captioned video from Video Leap, Rev and Headline app. Well, maybe there's an easier way to do this. <laughs> Which, uh, and bear in mind that I'm a video, I'm aware that I'm a video editor, but I don't take it into Final Cut. Like I, I sort of keep it with it. Like why export it to my laptop and like, I just edit it within my phone. Sometimes I'll even like edit things while I'm walking along, like using Video Leap. So I do that and then eventually it will go on to LinkedIn. We put the winner up onto the website. The book club videos get turned into a blog post as well as her highlights thing. The live Q&A that we do uh, gets turned into a podcast eventually. Like I want to encourage people to go back and watch the replay. Make sure I tag it in the Facebook group so that all the live Q&As are like within a topic that you can do in Facebook. So they're all there and easy to find. And I... Um, yeah, I we put that out eventually as a podcast though. So if you're a podcast listener, you're like, oh, this was good. I wish I watched things like this live and you'll come over to the community next time we do a live Q&A. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of promoting them, I make sure like I've built up my email list mainly purely through people joining the Facebook group. So when they join, I get their email and then I send things out to them and I get them very early on to like say, oh, I'm interested in live QMAs. I'm interested in the book club. I'm interested in the pub quiz so that I can target them specifically when things are happening. But I also send out a more general one. So like if you've missed that Q&A with the finance expert, you can go back and watch it or you can read the blog post. Um, so yeah, I try and eke it out as much as possible really it's probably only the the pub quiz which i don't repurpose because it's meant to be like a fun social like you're just down the pub so for that i just take a screen grab and then put it back out in places so that people kind of feel like oh i missed out i should come to the next one or so yeah make the most of it definitely don't just think that's the end of it and just go to bed. <laughs> There's so much more you can do. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Steve. We are out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been really, really helpful to, to talk through all those different points. So what's the, well, the best, where's the best place that people can stalk <laughs> you in a nice way? You've, you've got lots of different things. I mean, obviously you've got, how can people find out about the live shows that you do and the podcast and all those different things? Where's the best place to go? The best place to go is beingfreelance.com. So beingfreelance.com, has links through to my own like personal freelance site, but it has all the information. And like, if you're a freelancer, you can come join the community and then watch the videos. But it also has links to all the socials so that you can check out some of the highlights videos that I've mentioned and things like that. So yeah, beingfreelance.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Steve. It's been great to have you on the show. So just to let you know before we finish, this show is live every Tuesday and Thursday. And if you want to get involved with a live, the live show, if you're watching the replay or listening to the podcast, all you need to do is just go to confident.live forward slash subscribe and you will be notified next time I go live. 
And of course, don't forget about the podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast, listen to the podcast at iag.me forward slash podcast. It would be great to see you there. Now, also just to say, if you're watching the live show over the next couple of weeks in, in December, just before Christmas, I'm going to be, I think next week actually is going to be the, the last shows that I do before I have a, a bit of an extended break. But we're coming up to the 100th episode. And all I'm going to say is that this is going to happen in January. It's going to be very, very exciting. We're going to, I'm going to be doing a big giveaway. So that's all I'm going to let you know about that. Just a bit of a tease there. But I think that is it for this show. Thank you so much for watching. And until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Be sure to join the community at iag.me where you can continue to level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. Hold your cold life and put it all together. Hold your cold life and put it all together. We've got Steve Farland on the show. Hold your cold life and put it all together. Hold your cold life and put it all together. I've got Steve Farland on the show today.